Good evening. Good Today evening. is the 13th day of October 2014, and it gives me great joy to have Dr. Alok Pandey with us again. It's a joy. And uh, we're going to do a series of interviews, talks with Alok Pai. Tonight, I wanted to ask you about some of the things that these young people I meet are speaking to me about. The first is they've not seen mother and they feel a lack and they say uh, you know we're, we're missing something because we, we've never seen her in the physical body and then they ask why doesn't she appear to us? So I wanted those two things perhaps you could cover and then the third one is since they are no longer in their bodies, what is the status of the integral yoga right now in the supramental? I think it's a very contemporary question and um, you know as I travel across the world this is a, one of the questions which both young and old alike do ask me. Um, there is a very short answer to this. And the short answer is that uh, we may not be able to see her, uh, but she is able to see us. And yoga depends primarily on the divine rather than the human end. I am <laughs> uh, reminded of a little story of Swami Sharnanand, who was blind in both eyes. And he came here to have a darshan of Sherbinder and the mother. Hmm. This is a paradox. Uh, he is blind and Shurabindu and the mother won't speak. So what kind of a communion is this? So someone asked him uh, this question that you are blind and uh, they won't speak. So uh, what have you come here for? And he was a mystic. He had his own following and obviously uh, as a mystic he understood very well. And he replied, uh, I am not going there so that uh, I can see them. Because even with these eyes, we can hardly see. I am going there so that they can put their gaze upon me, even materially. So I suppose uh, this is an eternal truth of um, to start with of yoga, that uh, it starts from the divine end. And once the divine sanctions the yoga, then the human beings feel the aspiration. That's why Shobinda says in the synthesis, he who has chosen the infinite has been chosen by the infinite. And once the aspiration is born, that means the results of the yoga are eventually contained in it. How, which way, what course it will take, divine physical presence, physical absence, everything becomes a feeder to the yoga. Ravindraji used to say this. I have heard, I have not uh, asked mm -hmm. this question to him, Ravindraji, mm -hmm. that... Um, some of the youngsters used to say, you people are rather lucky. And they would wonder why. So he would say, you know, we saw them physically and we were so much taken up by the physical that we never made an effort to find them inside. It was a very frank admission. Yes. And I must say very, very honest one. So life revolved around mother for everything they would write to mother and Shubindo, even the little things, the petty quarrels, the small issues. And very patiently they would reply. Chotna Ranji once told me, mm. he said, you know, 
sometimes I feel that because they were physically present, we really lost a great opportunity because we were for every small thing, every small issues, we would go to them. And the one thing needful that is to find her within, we hardly made an effort. So when the divine is physically present, this is the, actually the Sega of every time the divine embodiment has been there. You know, again, I go back to the Indian myth of Krishna. It is said that only five people recognize some kind of a divinity in him. And subsequently, I mean, leave aside the gopis and uh, Radha, but subsequently now mm. you see, there's so many movements that have come up, so many experiences. I mean, who would say that Mira found Krishna less than Radha? So mystic, mystic communion is always an inner event. And yes, no doubt about it, that if there is an external touch, it is something very powerful. Shubindu says that. But it can work in another way also. Mm -hmm. Just a couple of days back, I was reading from the agenda. And mother reminds, uh, you know, Satprem that, you know, Shobindo said this so clearly when people asked him, how nice to live near the mother. And he cautioned them, it is very, very difficult. And then she says that, People this have this feeling that being physically near her, well, no doubt about it, it's a great glory. But how many of us are really ready to receive and contain that glory in the right way? He, he also says uh, someplace, you'll know it, where someone is complaining that uh, one of the disciples sees mother all the time. And he says, some people only see mother on their birthdays. Yes, yes, yes. You remember yes. that? Yes, and, also on Darshan Day, she, yes, she said. yes. And Shubhinda um, made it very clear and the mother also that um, it's not so important being physically near, seeing them physically, it is a different arrangement. And he made it very clear it does not depend upon the degree of yoga that one is pursuing, the kind of yoga, which is always dependent of anything external and largely dependent on the inner processes that means aspiration, rejection, surrender. Interestingly, in the entire synthesis, in the entire, you know, that wonderful book, The Mother, the whole process of yoga, nowhere he says you have to actually physically see and interact. I mean, physical embodiment has its own great purpose. Nobody can deny it. But the purpose of physical embodiment, as I have understood mm -hmm. from, you know, their writings, is basically to transform matter. And every time the divine takes a physical body, it is basically to work upon matter. Now, in that process of working upon matter, a lot of human beings who represent different kinds of possibilities and difficulties, they come near. But the yoga part, the which means essentially the union and communion with the divine, and the change and the conversion that takes place as a result of the process, is not dependent on the physical nearness. Nothing should be taken as a axiomatic truth in the sense that, oh, then it's better to be far. No, it's not done work like that. The point is that if we are having the right attitude, nearness can help. But if you have the wrong attitude, nearness can be a big hindrance. If you have the right attitude, being far away, 
the aspiration will grow because we'll feel the physical absence. It will serve to feed the flame. But if you have the wrong attitude or rather to put it this way that the aspiration is not yet really strong enough, then of course a human being feels that, well, they are so far, I am so far. And you may remember the mother also spoke about, I am near you. Yes. No, that yes. whole thing yes. where she says, it does not matter whether you are here in Pondicherry, she makes it very clear. Or you are at the other end of the world or in France or anywhere else. Those who have faith and in those whom she has said yes, which of course is an inner process. There is a bond which is more than just a bond which is inner. She actually puts in something of her being in these which wants and cautions immediately and she responds just as she responded before. And um, I have in my own life and several other people whom I have met who have not had this rare grace of having the physical darshan of Mother and Shubindo, who have experienced this n number of times. I mean, I have seen it with my own life any number of times. Just a little call and the response is immediate. In fact, she says this is one of the signs that you are ready for the spiritual life that if you call, the response will come. And it's totally independent of everything else. Countless, countless examples. I mean, some of them I said uh, previously from the most material thing to the most inner. Um, 25 years back, I took this kind of a Strange, uh, I'm saying this example because uh, I didn't have that rare grace of seeing them okay. physically. Yes. And uh, I just took it that, well, whatever I need, the mother will give it to me. You know, we have a prosperity here, but I wanted to live in the spirit of prosperity. That it's not just that, you know, every first of the month you go there and receive something. But divine will take care of everything you need. Um, and divine knows better your needs. So... 25 years ago, I took this uh, inner vow that I'm not going to buy anything for myself. Hmm. And whatever I need, mother will give me. So first my wife, of course, said that, no, you are stretching it a bit too far. <laughs> Surrender doesn't mean this, all this. I said, okay, let's try. So, you know, we were going on a holiday. She made a list of about 25 things. And she said, you need all this. I said, I'm not sure. No, no, you need it. So I said, okay, we'll not buy and we'll see. Everything from the list, from a combination to three pant pieces to a shoe, things which nobody gives, they all came my way. And since then I've seen, and everything, the dress I wear, the chapels, it's 25 years. When I need it, it comes. So, and I, it's not about me. I've seen so many persons when they need something, it comes to them. And it's very beautiful. So when I came here and, you know, uh, I was asked before becoming an ashram inmate, you want to be a non-prosperity or prosperity member. Uh -huh. <laughs> I didn't have all those frames within me. All that I knew was that before becoming an ashram inmate, two years before that, I saw once uh, I'm in the queue for the food uh, in the dining room mm -hmm. and mother is there with a you know soup uh, the soup kept in a big pot and she's standing there and she instructs someone from today he will have his food here and she gives the soup to me now this is a 
getting into material contact with her. She takes the responsibility of my material well-being. So I said, look, as far as I am concerned, she has already accepted me as part of the ashram. Now, prosperity and non-prosperity is simply a external uh, manifestation of something which is already in inner truth. But you had seen her. I saw in the dining her. room with the, yes, with the ladle yes. and the big cauldron. Yes, with the big cauldron and instructing. So I said, look, I am, as oh. far as I am concerned, I am an ashram inmate two years back. I didn't, uh, of course, speak about this vision. I uh, said, so uh, if it has to manifest outwardly, it should be prosperity simply for the sake of manifesting an inner truth. Whether I take anything or not is not an important issue because... All these years I have lived with this attitude that mother will provide whatever I need. And this continues till date. Our, you know, I had taken premature retirement and um, again lot of issues that how will you survive, sustain. Uh, our son Yuyutsu was still studying. He wanted to study abroad. And honestly, just my pension, whatever little money was there, the house was made. So I told him that, look, uh, child, you will have to work out a scholarship. And he's the one boy who stood with me in my decision to take a release. He said, you are following your calling. You must do it. You don't worry. <laughs> and just when his going to UK was round the corner, a windfall of money came. Unexpectedly, literally thrust upon me. It's a long story and the amount was just enough to cover his entire education. So, you know, there are so many oh. such touches of the mother's love, yes. her grace. And I think we have to make a leap of faith. You know, there was a nice movie, Indiana Jones series, Steven Spielberg. And in one of them, there were seven challenges one had to meet before, uh, you know, getting the cup of Christ, which is a relic which means the touch of Christ basically and the last is a leap of faith so I think now we have to make the leap of faith and it adds to the delight when we have made that leap of faith physically we don't see her and yet we see her coming from every side in every which way and one thing is for sure those who have the aspiration who are marked for the yoga will always receive the help third thing is that the mother and Shobindo themselves, they foresaw this. That a day will come when they will be more and more aspirant, but physically she may or may not be there. She spoke about this to Huta, that in times to come, those who are going to come will love me even much more. So what did they do? They made a very interesting arrangement. First I saw Shobindo step back. We see that Shobindo step back and he put mother in the front. Then we see that around the time that mother stepped back, 62, she more and more prepared people that look, if I am not there physically in front of you, I am still there as available and as accessible. You may be knowing that story about someone telling Bulada to convey a message to mother and it was night and Bulada had access to mother at any point of time and he thought, why should at night I go and disturbed the mother so he spoke something at the samadhi and slept off and in the morning when this person met Bulada have you told the mother well I said this at the samadhi 
so the person was very unhappy bit furious hmm. that look you couldn't convey this when he goes to meet the mother she says yes yes bula told me at night so she gave so many experiences to everybody that look uh, i am there whether you see me or you don't see me i mean after 62 except for the darshan days it was she was no more available to everybody some people yes who were connected with the work then a third thing which i find very interesting and i'm sure uh, you must have also noted it you know shirbindu established the mother in three ways at three different crucial points one of course the role that india had to play and he established through bande matram and his wonderful bhavani bharati he installed the mother in the heart or in the as a seed in the indian soil because india had to play a role nothing else then he installed the mother in the midst of ignorant humanity as what we know uh, in a limited way as the mother of shorbindo ashram but uh, you know as much as you know we all that she was never limited she says that i am so vast and it's so small uh, the ashram she even draws a diagram <laughs> and the third thing because he knew that not everybody will be so fortunate and privileged to receive the mother's consciousness directly turning to her with devotion and faith so he manifested savitri so you see and mother herself put her seal when she said that yes savitri alone can take you to the highest stages of transformational yoga without the help of a living guru so you know for different kinds of humanity and above all the greatest truth see even an ordinary master is not limited to his physical body sri ramakrishna mentioned for instance that even after i go for 300 years i am continuing to guide i'll continue to guide their influence spreads across vast areas of time the master assumes a body and withdraws from the body for a certain play not because he is bound by the body or if he is goes away he cannot do anything when mother was asked um, about shorbindo's action this is 72 that uh, uh, how is his action going on after he left the body and the mother says is there in a collected works yes in agenda at great length but also in notes on the way she says it has become much more powerful because it's no more limited by the material physical envelope so we can say even more so for the mother who i do believe that she completed the yoga of transformation despite whatever i my own reasons my own experiences that she completed the yoga of transformation and the mother and shubhendra are very much there in their very very uh, supramentalized physical body and then that takes us to the question why don't we see them i think the mother made it very clear it's there in one of amaldas uh, statements also interestingly before i just touch just as an aside um, there is this book of amalda the mother past present future and there he speaks about an experience which shehra had in 74 17th november interestingly in 74 we also have nolli da recounting a vision where he saw the mother come uh, 
you know, though he replied in the Canadian question that the work may be postponed, but he had a vision where mother comes and she said, just look at me. I am just the same. I am available to you in just the same way. You can approach to me as human and you can approach to me as divine. This was an assurance given through him to the whole of humanity. Because he was the one who carried that consciousness. Yes. And so she came to him to let this vision go out into the world that look I am there. And Sarah hears that voice same 74 while she is going to the mother's room. I am no more confined only to my room. I am everywhere. So I would rather say that the mother and Shubindu's action, their presence, their force has become even more powerful and stronger. And the yoga has become even more easier. Paradoxically. But coming to this fact about seeing them. So what I, uh, I not just feel, but this my intuition and uh, uh, maybe I can share it. When I came in the beginning, a lot of people, uh, now beginning means I'm talking of 2003. Mm. Uh, so, you know, you know, there are all kinds of people who say all kinds of things. So one of them was, you know, mother and Shubhindu are not there. It's all right. You can be outside here. I said, yes, I understand that they are everywhere, not on the premise that they are not there. That will be a wrong premise. Mm. But, uh, you know, I have the calling now to be here. And so I'm here. I, it's not that this uh, only yoga can be done here. Even in Shobindo's uh, time, Shobindo speaks about disciples who are in Pondicherry and disciples who are away. Yes, right? Yes. Right then, they are letters. But then for a few months, so often I would see mother and Shobindo in their golden bodies. It is a grace. I can't do it now. I mean, I have tried several times. That if what happened to me, <laughs> but it was a grace, but a grace which was like a strong assurance. Uh, incidentally, I saw them only within the ashram premises, but it was like a special grace that we are very much there, but you are blind. But how I understand it is that supramentalized matter cannot be, still cannot be readily seen by the physical eyes which are still so much constituted by the inconscient and I believe that as we go through the process of yoga maybe 100 years 200 years 300 years as the mother said the their supramentalized physical will become more and more concretized being in contact with the earth and on the other hand human beings who are into the yoga their vision will become more and more subtle so there will be a meeting point when the contact will take place and a layer of humanity will be able to see, literally see, as the Vedic seer said, not just feel, perceive, think, conceive, live, but actually see the supramental world precipitated into the physical and this will form the first layer of a supramentalized race. So there are more and more in the subtle physical which is being packed with the supramental contents. The mother spoke about it in the agenda. And the supramental creation which has been brought down up to there. There is a push for this supramental creation now to precipitate in the physical. Which includes their supramental bodies. But human beings are being also taken up 
what she spoke about uh, in one of her talks that they'll be taken up and integrated with the new creation. So taken up includes our senses, vision, hearing, which will be taken up to a point where not just subtly but physically we'll be able to see them as you know we see each other. How long this process will take place we don't know. But till then we have to make a leap of faith. Now here when I say this I am excluding the inner visions which is a different matter altogether. We all have inner visions, inner contact and I am not speaking of that kind of seeing which was always available to the mystics. So that way we can always see them by their grace, by aspiration, by purification, by refinement. It's always possible to you know see them with the subtle vision. But I am not speaking of that at all. But the gross vision getting transformed to a point and their supramentalized bodies becoming concretized to a point where the two meet. And that will be a moment, a very wonderful moment. And Amal Kiran has written something very similar. I had this uh, insight after um, I had my own experience and given Nalnida's statement and many such um, uh, glass visions of the mother and Shubhin, those such wonderful supramental bodies. Um, I have no doubt that they are very much there in their supramental bodies and a day will come when it will be more and more easy for the aspirants, sadhaks, children or whatever we call them to be able to even see them as we have seen them in physical bodies when they were also in the grasp, this physical matter. But there will be a change. I mean, it cannot be just like that because obviously supramentalized physical is going to be a very different physical matter than this this cross physical. So eyes have to be tuned. Manda speaks also about uh, the cells that she had transformed. Yes. And how they would by a unique, I forget the word now, that they would transfer to others. Yes, yes. Uh, particularly when uh, Satprem asked her it's a very difficult process. How are we going to do it? And then she says, but who is asking you to do it? I'm doing it for you and you have to open. And she speaks about the contagion. She speaks contagion. about, That's yes, contagion. contagion. Yes, she speaks about contagion. She speaks about even before her yoga, with regard to Shirbindo's yoga, when the note, press note was, um, I forget now who had prepared the press note that the mortal remains of Shirobindo will be entered, shall be entered into the Samadhi on at so and so time on 9th December. And when this was shown to the mother, she struck it off. The word mortal remains. And then she wrote, there was nothing mortal about Shirobindo. Each cell of his body was ablaze with the immortal fire. So, um, I mean, of course, a day will come when we will see it. But till then, in any case, yoga starts with faith and a large amount of ground is covered with faith. It's not like, you know, from day one I should be able to see her. But faith gets justified with a growing experience. That's what yoga has always been. In fact, if this faith is missing, then you know how people even came there. They were physically present. And what happened? Because faith was missing. Some of them went away and among them great, great men, I mean, Motilal Roy who had such a privilege of being 
in close contact with Shobindu in such a way. And he went away and of course Barin, Dilip, so many instances. Dilip, yes, uh, uh, Harindranath. Yes, Harindranath and uh, um, quite a few instances where even somebody like Anil Paran, who also had faith, but he was of course taken away with, seized with this great sentiment of trying to unite, you know, India and Pakistan. But nevertheless, uh, what is most important in yoga, as I understand, is faith. And faith is justified by experience as we grow into it by their grace through a process of increasing purification, growing aspiration and surrender. So the same law holds now, even when they were in the physical bodies, they emphasized on faith. Because if faith was not there, even in their physical presence, people had doubts. They looked at their bodies and thought they are mere humans. See how it works. Absence of faith. We have so many interesting stories which come to my mind. Sri Aurobindo defines the word, doesn't he, one time. Faith is a knowledge of the soul. Yes, faith is a knowledge of the soul. It's a light of the soul. Yes. And the soul already knows something which the mind does not yet know. Yes. And so it has to manifest itself with process of evolving time. Thank you so much.